Hey, I am your new sports host for the square, Duke Knightley, and I'm here live at the Vatican on Christmas Eve for their new annual communion wafer eating contest. Well, Duke, what do we have here? Well, it's the, the favorite is, is obviously got to be Joey Chestnut. I mean, the guy can eat like 600 hot dogs. He's given up the hot dogs on the 4th of July. Right. He's doing just the wafer contest. Traveled all the way to Italy. He's been training all year for this wafer eating contest. He Controversially, most of the, the contestants are going with holy water to wash it down, mm. but he's going with communion wine. Oh, bold choice. Yeah. Bob Cousineau, ESPN News, breaking. <laughs> Kobayashi has also entered the wafer eating contest. <laughs> wow, who do you think is going to pull this one out? I mean, you know, there are plenty of dark horses, including the actual horse entered in the co- eating contest. Oh, there was a horse. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think that was in the rule book. Uh, no, no, nothing in the rule book saying nothing about a horse playing basketball. <laughs> wow. So how many? Uh, so just just a, a question for you guys. How, how many? Now these are not blessed communion wafers, right? Oh, they are. They are. No, no, they're. they're oh, they're, they're, maybe at like St. Ambrose, they just okay. use generic wafers. But like okay. at the Vatican, they're using the real deal blessed mm. wafers. All right, are you sure the Pope's on board with this? It, he needs to get more Catholics. Okay. Well, I mean, just just seems to add a little bit of, uh, of uh, danger to the situation. Well, well I mean, if you, if you are to believe that that is right. Now, do you think they dip them in the wine? Like the hot dog buns? Create, create yeah. a little mush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happens. Right. You have to have that liquid in there, too. Or do they get too mushy? Well, yeah, I would assume after a while you'd have some wafered up wine. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. You'd have to drink it. You got to drink it all. That's part of the contest, too. Right. But, you know, if you're not using holy water, you're, you know, it's not the highest ABV wine in the world, the communion no. wine. But I got to believe Joey Chestnut's still getting really fucked up. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 that's probably a lot of communion wine that he's he's consuming Sure, at this wafer eating contest. I just can't wait for afterwards for, you know, like, uh, you know, somebody to ask him, hey, you know, so today you ate 742 bodies of Christ. How do you feel? Now, do you think the winner gets an original piece from Michelangelo, um, their own engraved chalice, you know, Stanley Cup-like chalice mm-hmm. with their name on it every year, or uh, an altar boy? Uh I mean, maybe a collection of those things, but they also probably get like like four hours of just unfettered access to the Vatican archives. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Are they sworn to secrecy though? I I don't know, but all I can think about is Joey Chestnut just absolutely choking out that guy who tried to protest in front of him. <laughs> and all I can think about is what if Martin Luther showed up at the wafer eating contest? Oh my! He'd have no chance against Joey Chestnut. Yeah, none. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I think that uh, they could let the like if you eat that many wafers, drink that much communion wine, they can let you roam around the uh, archives for a while because you're not remember anything. You're, yeah, you're you're high as a kite on on the body of Christ, yeah, the that, blood of Christ. That's what happened to me when I did. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's I, I I think the the main thing is if you win, you become a knight templar. Oh, oh hell yeah, dude. Yeah, well, well, you know what that means though, you're you're chased for the rest of your life. Oh. Well, I mean, I think if you go around and, and, and you, all you do is eating contests, yeah. you're, you're leaning that way anyways. <laughs> Did the Knights Templar, like, chop it off? Ooh. I mean, is that, is that what happened? Or, the, or the, uh, is that just the kids they wanted to sing real high? For that was like, just, yeah, that was... The, the castrati? Yeah, the, the, 
That was just the choir. Oh my goodness! Which speak uh, now we're gonna but uh, so like the the Vatican had like its own particular song that was like secret. Oh, until like Mozart showed up and he heard it once and then he was able to transcribe. Uh. Just hearing it once, he was able to write it down. <laughs> God bless that Mozart. God bless that Mozart. Mm-hmm. And welcome back <laughs> to the square. Your intellectual Buffalo and Western New York news podcast, uh, focusing on matters both civic and ecumenical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are back this week in the snake pit. It is the square podcast prime, the OGs, mm-hmm. the dudes hanging out with you, the listener, our friend, I don't know who you are. Maybe you're, our, maybe you're our enemy, Jim. What if we have enemies listening? Do you think we have enemies listening? Are there shooters out there coming after us? I mean, you know, we, we keep making jokes about the Catholic Church are going to be out there. Oof, yeah, you're that's, right. That's a good point. Well, I mean, although if if our joke about the, like, eating wafers is what got the Catholics mad, but, like, our fiercely pro-abortion stance didn't, I think they've got some messed up views of, like, how they actually handle their religion. Mm, yeah, too true. True. Well, we are we are here. We're doing our thing. Uh, it is, of course, Re and Diamond Jim, and, and you got your snake here, and you got your snake there. Yes, and we are, you know, your favorite uh, local podcasters. I hope. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good. Listen, we had a a, a local podcast here just a few days ago. We had, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Fran and Dave of Hapless Heroes. Also, Go. not a sports podcast. They're also no, and that's yeah. what I love about them is that you know, sports podcasts. Great, they have their place, but there's so much sports content, and there's so much other stuff in the world. So I love sports. I'm I'm obsessed with sports. Actually, I, I watch a lot of sports, but I care about other stuff, and so do you. And if you care about other stuff and you want to support it, the stuff that we bring to the table, whatever you think that is, I won't go into it. But whatever you think that we do, and you want to keep supporting it, you should by giving us money. By giving us, I don't, I'm not going to say lots of money. It's a small amount of money. It, it's it's enough money to, uh, you know, get a cup of coffee. You won't tell the listeners, but I will. You had a talk, you had talks last week with Sinclair Broadcasting about buying our podcast. I did. And and, and our listeners should know about this. I, I was, Rye, Snake, I was going to sell out. I, I, you know, they, they pinned me down. They said, listen, kid. We'll give you $1 million. Uh-huh. And I said, no, I support independent. Well, we're not journalists, but whatever the hell we are. Yeah. I support, you know, I stand up for the little guy. The little guy, damn it. And the little guy supported by listeners like you at patreon.com. Is it the square podcast? If you go to search on Patreon. Yeah. Or we just patreon.com slash the square podcast. Uh, well, you put me on the spot. I don't know the URL. (laughs) The links in the description. It's on our social media. Yes. So if you want to give us money, if your little heart so desires, and I hope it does, I hope we've inspired uh, something in you to want to give us money. Who, Who would you sell out to? Who wouldn't I sell out to, brother? Well, you, you just said Sinclair. Oh, that's right. Only only not them. Okay. But I would sell it. Spotify, what's, yes. What's that Charlie Kirk, Kirk outfit? Oh, no. Pra- not Prager, right? What does, he, what does he do? Ah, fuck. I don't know. One yeah. of those outfits. I don't know. Shitheads United. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd sell out to them. Yeah, okay. So you got standards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd really have to back up the Brinks truck. Okay. And they'd also like... 
I'd have to have like, like yeah, shitty conservative takes, but also like really wild takes that just make everybody kind of scratch their heads. You know, like saying like mustard is low key racist or something. You know, like like just something like that where absolutely like I don't, I don't know how you came to that take, but. You know, something that moves the needle. You'd, you'd have to get a really annoying voice like this. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, I already have an annoying Smart voice. ass voice. I already, I already like, I already like have an annoying voice. Like I, I, you know, do too many ums and you knows. That's that's mm. a classic. But if I mm. if I do it really fast, like Ben Shapiro, I if I talk like that, I think I could do it. Yes. Okay. Well, well, if you're listening, uh, Tea Party Media or whoever the fuck you are. We'll talk. But in the meantime, please support us on Patreon. And if not, even if you can't afford to do that, I know times are tough. Still continue to listen. Tell your friends. Buy a t-shirt. We have merch. Uh, we have sweet merch, actually. We, um, you know, we have the, we're spanning time, a Buffalo 66 shirts, which are cool as hell. I love that shirt. We also have shirts just with our logo on them. And surely, surely we will be doing more merch in the near future. Also, since we're almost at the 10-minute mark and haven't gotten to the actual content, sorry, uh, the kickball game, August 13th. Jim, tell the people some more about the kickball game. Uh, so uh, it's going to be August 13th uh, from 2 to 4. Um, uh, I have the Eventbrite uh, almost totally set, but it, so by the time we release this, uh, we'll, we'll have the link out there. Um, I haven't set the price yet because I'm still trying to lay down, get down uh, – Hammer out the price for T-shirts for people to wear, um, but it would be either thirty-five or forty dollars. That will include kickball uh, T-shirt, uh, a couple of drinks at Darren's Tavern, which is right over by Franzic Park. Afterwards, and then we're going to take the rest of the money and donate it to a charity. That's not so bad for a Saturday afternoon, huh? Right. Yeah, pretty good. You'd probably spend that anyway at the bar, but instead you can play kickball and hang out with us and support a good cause. So, that is the housekeeping stuff, gentlemen. On to news of the week. And um, I think a good place to start here, boys, is the uh, the miseducation of Chris Jacobs. Guys, he he's seen the light. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's <sighs> Chris Jacobs, you know, he, 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 got, he got wrapped up in that whole Trump thing. First, he's moderate. Mm-hmm. Then he's a Trump supporter. And now he says Trump's crazy. What happened here? It's tough to say. It is tough to say what happened here. But now Chris Jacobs, in service to wanting to be invited to all the fancy parties, where he can hang out with his rich friends and uh, mingle in polite society again, is now saying the Trump stuff has just gotten a little too wacky. What do you think, Jim? What do do we think about Chris Jacobs, Mr. Um, I voted pretty much lockstep with trump for you know his whole first term yeah i mean um it's i mean it's obviously disingenuous like i mean like what's disingenuous is like if if this is true he clearly thought that trump was crazy the entire time but he just said whatever he thought he had to say to go along to further his own personal aspirations in his political career uh which you know is generally my take on a lot of the Republicans at the national level. Like, like, sure, you have the true believers like your Marjorie Taylor Greens and your Lauren Boeberts and your Carl Paladinos. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I think most people thought, man, Jacobs doesn't actually believe this stuff. Like, you know, the, he seemed like such a, a relatively normal person. It doesn't matter. But he, he said he did. But, yeah, he, that's the thing. Fuck him. That's, that might even be, it might even be worse. Yes. 
the Buffalo News has gone to some great lengths to launder uh, soon-to-be former uh, Congressman Jacobs' reputation here. In Jerry Zaremski's July 18th article titled, Saying Trump Lost His Mind, Jacobs, Jacobs urges GOP to choose another nominee in 2024. Um, this is a long fucking fluff bullshit thing here, but, um, but know, I just want, when does he think Trump lost his mind? Was it after he continually supported him and tried to overthrow the election after that was when Trump lost his mind? Yeah. So specifically there's, he, he had to think long and hard about it. Well, from, from the article here. So. I just think, and this is a Chris Jacobs direct quote. I just think his judgment from election day to January 6th was, I just think he lost his mind, Jacobs said. I really do. I just do. But but I still voted to support everything he wanted all the way through then. Yes. Okay. That is correct. Right. That is correct. Um, yeah, from, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Just So, so what Chris know, Jacobs is saying is like, I thought this guy had gone totally crazy and my way of combating it as a voting member of like the highest legislature in the United States was to say, whatever you want, sir. Props to Jerry's Rem- Jerry Zemsky here, uh, by the way, because this reads somewhat like a puff piece, but... Uh, And from the article, in other words, Jacob's views on Trump have shifted dramatically since early 2020 when Jacobs pursued and won an effusive endorsement from the then president. Quote, I am deeply honored and humbled to receive President Trump's endorsement, Jacobs said in February 2020 after Trump tweeted that he backed Jacobs over two others in a Republican primary in what was his first congressional election. I appreciate his trust and stand ready to join him in the fight against socialism and to help him enact his America first agenda to rebuild our military, grow the economy and finally secure our borders. Oh, geez, Jim, I don't know. I, I don't know if he lost his mind. If, if Jacobs thinks he lost his mind, then doesn't sound like a man who thought then president Trump lost his mind. I mean, I didn't even care like, like that. He said that initially in 2020, like, like he, Jacobs did, voted against like the impeachment for like for like the January sixth stuff. Like he like he voted to like oh well let's just try sweep this under the rug. It was just a bunch of tourists. So like for him to come back and say now oh well they just lost their fucking mind when he supported it up until he was he became they, they told him that he couldn't run for re-election because he said he might support modest gun control issues. If 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 he had said that and the Republicans said, well, we're not happy with you, but you can still run, he would not be saying right now he thinks Trump lost his mind. I know how to get you really riled up here, Jim. And, and shout out to Buffalo Troll, by the way, for for bringing this to uh, to my attention. So the article continues. Now, though, he criticizes Trump as an ungraceful loser, citing the 1960 presidential race in which John F. Kennedy narrowly beat Richard M. Nixon as an example of how to lose more gracefully. Quote, most people agree that there was fraud in that race, Jacob said. Did they know back then? Oh, absolutely. But even Richard Nixon didn't try to do what happened with Trump in 2020. Nixon came back and fought another day. And we've all played in sports where there's bad calls made. Even if it was fraud, and I'm not saying it was, should you try to burn the whole place down, Jacobs asked? And I think the answer is definitively no. Jim, 
Are we all in agreement that the 1960 election was stolen? Oh my god. No, of course not. <laughs> and like and to continue to like to perpetuate like that the you know the 2020 election was stolen is just insane horseshit. Like what like, like he should be even more excommunicated from polite society because he continues to push this. What he's what he's really saying when he says this is like like I don't think that we have a working democracy in this country and we haven't for 60 fucking years. And so we should probably just get rid of it. Yeah. And he, you know, (laughs) we've all played in sports where there's bad calls made. That's, it's just funny that the, uh, there's some empire out umpire out there that, Oh, balls strikes, you know, that's just kind of how it is with democracy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like, all right. Sure. Like is Angel Hernandez the worst umpire in major league baseball? Yes. Do I think he's trying to like fake results because he wants to like I don't know, like enact socialism in Major League Baseball? I don't think like I don't think his end goal is to get all the umps fired and get them replaced by robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, again, shout out to Jerry's uh, Jer- I can't even pronounce the name right. Jerry's Jeremski for at least at least doing uh, the the fucking bare amount of due diligence to show that this guy is just a full of shit but the headline of course is that mm-hmm. oh uh the republican party you know trump lost his mind so this is definitely even if the actual content of the article which nobody but sickos like us are going to read is um you know casting some some doubt on what jacobs is saying the headline is you know yeah you know what you, you, you know what i would it, later this year i'll check the fec filings and see who gave chris jacobs gave money to when he starts dispersing money from his congressional campaign and doling it out to other candidates see who, see who he gave it to if he's giving it to all these trump sycophants guess who didn't lose their mind well he does he does say in there jim that the republican party does have a pretty deep bench and he didn't say who the republicans should nominate other than trump in 2024 but uh God love him, you know, if he gives a bunch of money to potential Republican candidate Ron DeSantis. How much do you think uh, does Jacobs thinks that the Republican Party has lost their mind? I guess he didn't say the Republicans. He said Trump, but still. Same fucking bullshit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you give the money, if he gives the money to DeSantis or Abbott or Gnome or whoever the fuck, like, like any of these insane people. Like, you know, but like also like he starts doling out to members of Congress and giving it to them, too. And like, you know, they're also insane people. Like, are you telling me he's not going to get involved and give any money to either Langworthy or Palladino? I highly doubt that. Doubtful. Hey, guys, uh, I think I'm going to try one of the Brian Noex Fagos here. Yeah. What do you think? I had one with dinner earlier. Yeah, you had one? I I haven't had a Fago in a while. No disrespect to Brian. uh, I haven't had one in my life. This is my first Fago. Oh. I'm going to try it here on the podcast. Even during your juggalo phase? Oh. Whoop, whoop. Is that what they say? Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. Let's see. Let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. Oh, it tastes, tastes pretty grapey. Yeah, pretty. You know those freeze pops? It's like a, yeah. it's like a carbonated freeze pop. Well, anyway. That's why people love them, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Moving on. We do the politics stuff. We do a lot of the politics stuff. But you know what? You know what I really love? You know what really gets me going? It's just juicy buffalo gossip. <laughs> the hot goss. I love the hot goss. 
I love people being petty. I love them just being shitty to each other. I love it. Just spiteful pieces of shit. Yes. Yes. I love it. More of it. And we've got a wonderful, wonderful little tidbit. We've actually had a couple hot goss tidbits, but this one about the folks at, was it the Eastern Hills Mall? Yeah, yeah. you got it. And the Buffalo store. The BFLO store. Now, what is the BFLO store? Uh, it's a bunch of, well, from what it sounds like, it's a bunch of, uh, of stuff, shirts and, and, and tchotchkes and knickknacks and various other items that are Buffalo themed. However, they do not purchase these things from local artisans. They cop the designs, get them made overseas for pennies and then sell them at a ridiculous profit. And that's the Buffalo store. Wow. Jim, you have been on the Buffalo store beat now. Tell us, what is the current dispute? I know it involves, so as far as I know, the Eastern Hills Mall told the Buffalo store, you got to get out. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it, I, it was good stuff because like Uniland, who owns the Eastern Hills Mall, isn't really talking because they're like, well, you know, we have ongoing legal issues. And so they don't want to say anything because, you know, they've lawyered up. But yeah, I mean, it's my understanding that they're like, I don't know, they said you have to get out, but they, they're like, we want to raise your rent to the point where like you basically have to get out. And so like the Buffalo store had found. Which is like, shitty. Right. Right. We're not defending landlords. That's right, fu- yeah, yeah, fucked but, up. Right. They wanted them out for whatever reason, even though they were a stable tenant in a dying mall. Whatever. Right. I don't get it. Fuck. Um, and, but like you know, the Buffalo store found like a spot like right down the street at the old FWS uh, location on Transit Road. Um. But so, like, the Buffalo store, like, the main thing was, like, they had a shared space with, like, the Krushiki Bakery and Stolop Bar, and, like, they do, like, an event space there. And those businesses you just mentioned were subletting from the Buffalo store, right? Right. That space? Yeah. So, those businesses are closed every Monday. The Buffalo store came in on on a Monday and started tearing the place apart. Taking all like the structural improvements with them, like and like that's one like stripping the copper wires, right? Well, they, yeah. they were taking like the floor and like light fixtures and apparently plumbing, and like and they weren't just like carefully removing them, right? What ripping them out, right? They, they didn't hire like contractors to do it. It was just their Buffalo store employees like taking the shit down, um, and like look, I. Guarantee you there's no way Uniland wrote the contract where they said, like, even if the Buffalo store paid to do all that, that they said, you can make structural improvements and then take them with you when you leave. Like, yeah. I, 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 I commented, it reminds me of, like, in, like, post, like, World War II uh, Africa when, like, all the European countries were finally forced to, like, give up their colonies. Belgium notoriously was very angry about having to give up their colonies. So they were, like, doing shit like taking the light bulbs from the hospitals that they had built. Jesus. And that's what the Buffalo store was doing. Like, they're like, oh, we're going to leave? Well, we're taking the fucking floor with us. Oh, it's petty as hell. So. um, Love it. And so the the next day, the Tuesday, like, you know, Krushiki and Stolak came in and they were like, what the fuck is going on? I like clearly the Buffalo store knew what they were doing was wrong or else they would have just done it like on a normal day. They did it. Like, they initially, they did a full eight hours knowing that the other people weren't there to interrupt them and stop them. Because as soon as they start, like they, they, the people came in on Tuesday, like it was like 11 o'clock where like the Eastern Hills mall had like chained the doors to the Buffalo store and told them to get out and weren't letting them back in. Uh, like they had to have like an emergency hearing in front of like the state Supreme court, like that day. 
to decide what was going on. The thing I don't understand about the Buffalo store, did they, did they really make that much money? I, that they can make millions of dollars to build and improve stores like that? Apparently. Maybe they're taking out loans. Is it that easy to get a million dollar loan? Can we do that for the podcast? We really messed up not getting a PPE loan. Yeah. Well, this is my favorite kind of story because everybody involved is awful and I have no rooting interest. So really, however this ends up is extremely funny. Well, to me. it sounds like the, the bakery and stuff are, are not terrible people. Well, I just mean they didn't want their shit fucked up. Right. I, I just mean between the Buffalo store and, oh. the, and Uniland. Oh, sure. Yep. Those are those are two where I really don't care who wins. I'm oh, yes. just happy that one of them is losing. Yep. So just imagine you're walking in the mall, you're walking by the Buffalo store and you just it's closed. They've got their door down, but you look in one of their windows and somebody's just tearing up the flooring, <laughs> like shoving little knickknacks in their pockets furiously as they try to get out of there. What a sight. What a sight. I bet that was uh, the other other little bit of hot goss around the neighborhood is that the buzzy, hot new restaurant du jour of Allentown, the Bidwell, which I was extremely excited to try because apparently there had been a waiting list that was like a month or multiple months long mm-hmm. has suddenly closed. Kaput. Sounds like some liquor license drama. Perhaps. Unconfirmed. What's the scoop? This is your neighborhood. What's the scoop, Reed? Well, this is all unconfirmed, so take it with a grain of salt. But, but apparently the word uh, around the Allentown Village... And if this is wrong and you're a listener and you really know what happened and I'm just making shit up, please yell at me. But my understanding is that there is some drama around them having a liquor license, but not having a liquor license that they were serving alcohol, but not, it was all a weird gray area. Um, My understanding of the owners is that they started out hosting dinner parties that they, they hosted like these very ornate dinner parties with like these, you know, nine course meals and I think they were from New York City. Um, I don't know the names of the owners off the top of my head, but they, you know, they developed this great reputation as as just wonderful cuisine cooks here. Uh, you know, brought it to Buffalo, New York, opened the space, and I don't know. One thing led to the next, but they are they're Dunsky man. <laughs> they're just pff, they're out of there. So I don't know. I didn't get the email. I didn't see it. I think Adrian did maybe, but I didn't see the email if they're planning on trying to reopen the spot they were in by the way is the old poutine mm-hmm. place yeah, right it was a bunch of other stuff before that i know but i know it in my a lot of times you can get bit, bit in the ass if a previous if it's the same location as a previous business you got in trouble with their liquor license because i guess it's tied to the right i mean the, that same, that happened with blue monk right um where merlin's had had their liquor license taken away from them and blue monk was it was like 10 months like their opening was delayed because they had to fight through the state look because you know, it was tied to the physical address. And, like, it, the idea is, like, well, it'd be very easy if you're well-heeled to, like, or or say, like, I own this business and I own the building. And, all right, well, the business lost the license. Well, I'm going to close the business and I'll sell the building to my partner. Yeah. And they'll reopen the business and we'll get around, like, having to follow state liquor laws. Uh, even though, like, you know, clearly, like, the transaction, say, like, Blue Monk or totally different people or moving from Allen Street Poutine to Bidwell, totally different people, the laws are written so that, you know, you can't just easily skirt around enforcement of the state liquor laws. But, yeah, there there seems, there's got to be some, there's something there like this. Like, I've heard that there was, like, 
complaints from the community or maybe the, even the Allentown Association that they're trying to minimize how many bars are on and drinking establishments are, are on Allen. Now, like, if that's the case, like, come on, Bidwell is the least of your fucking concerns. People are not yeah. people are not spending ninety dollars a person for prefix to like then get fucking shit housed and like you know and mess up Allen. Like, all right, like, like you, 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 you know, you missed the boat when you said you let Alley Cat open, okay? <laughs> yeah, let's let's continue to support Fally Allen, yeah, and uh, shut down the Bidwell. No, and listener, if you know, uh, please let us know because we want to be in on the scoop. We want right. to know, we right. want to know the deets. But like, what do they think? Like, if, if this actually was like Anton Association or the people, what do you think is going to move into a place that has it like a commercial kitchen in it? Like, and like, and also like a commercial bar in it. They're like, who's gonna buy it and put something in there that's not gonna sell alcohol? You shitheads. Well, they just want the poutine place. What? Well, yep. Fuck. They also they sold beer. They sold beer. Right. They did. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They sold beer. And also, like, you know what? It, it's not like this is a new development in Allentown. Like, there is literally nobody who fucking bought property who lives in Allentown or rents or whatever. And they're like, man, I didn't know there'd be bars here. Like that's that's so fucking absurd. Like it's like moving to like Chictawaga and then trying to demand that they move the airport because you didn't know it was going to be so loud. Yes, I thought you were going to make a Polak joke there. I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a, that would have killed at Waldfest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rounding uh, out. Speaking of speaking of killing at Waldfest, uh, the last time I was at Waldfest. Uh, they had flyers on the tables for they were having the first annual like German Polish Joint Heritage oh. Festival, and I went around and wrote on each of them, "We're gonna party like it's 1939." Oh no! Oh no! Oh boy! I can't abide by that one, Jim. Oh <laughs> uh, well, rounding out our scoop or poop section, Rye, give us the rundown on Italian Fest. Oh yeah, we uh, so. I remember, I used to live on Hurdle. I remember in years past, uh, the Italian Fest, when it was on Hurdle in its prior iteration, went from Colvin all the way down to Delaware. This did not. This went down to only, I think, Virgil Ave or thereabouts. So it was a few blocks short. It was tighter, and it was packed. It was it was hard to walk through because it was just so packed tight. Uh, so this is the first time back on Hurdle since, I don't know, five, four or five years? Yeah, it has to be five years because... Five years ago was the last time I went to the Italian Fest and it was on the Outer Harbor. Well, anyway, I had fond memories of living on Hurdle and being at the Italian Fest and not a whole lot of vendors and the vendors that were there, there were lines like an eighth of a mile long. Hour long waits in some of these lines for, I don't know, stuff you can get at, a, at the restaurant down the block or maybe a vendor at the fair when it comes around. I don't know. I I, I, I didn't wait in line for that long for that. But, uh, you know, it was your typical uh, step on a piece of pizza every two feet, uh, hot, sweaty, um, garlicky, uh, sauce-smelling Italian fest. It's back on Hurdle, baby. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the, the stepping on food because the Italian festival is like, the only festival I know of that it seems like the general consensus if you're there, if you if you buy something and you take a bite and you're like, I don't want this, yeah. you just tip your plate over and drop it on the ground. 
I I I've actually I've been to the Italian festival. I've taken a dog there. Yeah, and it's like the the rat from Charlotte's Web. Like <laughs> just it's a smorgasbord. It is uh, because like yeah, don't wear your good shoes. It's, it's it's just nothing but like like pizza and like half meatballs and fried dough on the ground everywhere. Now my wife does want me to mention something because I always mess this up, and so does everyone else. Cannoli is plural. It's not a cannoli. Cannoli is plural. It's canolo. It is singular. Just so you know. Well, I've I've never had a canolo. That's I've I've I've, <laughs> I've I've only I've only ever encountered them in the plural form. Well, you Garfield, how's those Garfield? You, know, you just right. throw, throw some in there, right? Yeah, oh. yeah. Boy, oh, cream, all that cream cheese, baby. Oh. <laughs> on a hot summer yeah, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, and then I go in the tilt a whirl. <laughs> So, you know, uh, true to the, true to the uh, Italian Fest fashion, they had a stage where local, uh, I, I wouldn't even call them celebrities, but people who kind of sing good go up there and they have some kind of synth sound and backing track. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we were walking out and this one guy was doing a duet with uh, some disembodied voice. I don't know, pretending he was uh, swooning a younger woman or something. Going, like going full buble? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose so. And uh, not, you remember the old library on Hurdle in Delaware? I guess it closed because of a bad mold problem. They, they fixed that. Now it's the Italian heritage right. uh, uh, place. And, they and how have, many bodies do they have buried under there? Oh, no, I'm not playing the stereotypes. But if you walk by there, they have so many. A, a librarian stereotype? <laughs> Wait, is that what you're saying that like the library? Did? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The libraries. Okay, they, they have a dark. All the people who died from <laughs> right. mold poisoning. It, right. That's right. This, yes, this book is two months overdue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no. Well, anyway, in the front, you know, they they've redone the front lawn. They've got a lot of like white marbleish looking stuff, and it's like, boy, it's it's a lot. Drive by there. Let me know what you think sometime, folks. <laughs> the last time I was at uh, the Italian Festival, it was, it was on Hurdle. I never went when it was Canal Side or wherever else they had yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and they were doing the, the Italian American Idol. That's which, right. Right, which was just like a bunch of like 13-year-olds yeah. singing Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the big celebrity who was there was uh, Junior from The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Was in town to that's, like... That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, to like... Guest judge, Italian American Idol. I'm oh. sure that he, he couldn't have been more excited. <laughs> I don't even know if there wasn't a, a celebrity this time around. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, Polly Walnuts. Rip. Yeah. Oh, jeez, oh, rip. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, did you have a good time? Did you enjoy the? Uh, oh, it was fine. Italian festival. Sure, it was great. Yeah. Great. I'd go again. I feel like there's so many there's so many things happening this summer. That the normal big stuff, like Taste of Buffalo happened. Yeah, yeah. It just came and went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're just so goddamn busy around here. Right. We're, we're right in the middle of Canal Fest right now. That, yeah. Oh, are we? Shit. Yeah. Really? Oh, shit. Canal Fest started Sunday, <laughs> and it, it goes through next weekend. Oh, shit. So you can go uh, watch the game where they uh, they, they, they fuck with the mouse. Mm-hmm. Go watch that game. Otherwise known as? Uh, Anal Fest. Yeah. Anal Fest. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that was the one last thing oh. about the Italian Fest. It 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 is, in my opinion, it, it speaks to a real need to have an open container law. Mm. I wish I could just walk around there with a drink, but you have to go into the fenced in area. Okay, proceed. You, you know where you you can go. I, I went to Old Home Days in Williamsville last uh, week. Oh, and uh, they did have a beer tent, which I didn't see them ID anybody. 
And they also had like wristbands, which I didn't see them hand out to anybody. So <laughs> yeah. it's basically just a free for all. But then like they uh, were selling um, uh, the anarchist state of Williamsville. Right, they had, uh, they were selling like the, the the big like sixteen ounce or twenty ounce cans of like the uh, Jack Daniels punches. Oh, okay. Um, like the the down home punch and like the hate crime lemonade or whatever they're called. Yeah, sure. Um, and people were taking the cans. And buying them, and then like leaving the, the the beer tent area and just walking around the rest of the festival. And again, they weren't stopping them. There was people just like walking around. They're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on the uh, Ferris wheel with my with all this Jack Daniels malt liquor." Well, all right. So uh, Williamsville, no laws. No laws. No laws. That's 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 what Deb Rogers wanted when she was like like uh, she, you're like we're gonna we're gonna sue the county so we don't have to wear a yeah. mask for COVID and no laws <laughs> at Old Home Days. No laws for White Claws or <laughs> Jack Daniels punches. Right. Wow. That is our roundup of local cultural events and gossip. Now for you politics freaks, if you fast forwarded through this, we are back on our bullshit here talking about Lee Zeldin, the legend oh, of Zeldin. Yeah. The, le- the legend, however, is slightly diminished, Jim, because Lee Zeldin is no longer on the independence line. Yeah, I, he, got, he got booted from the independence line. Oh, they took his ass to court, right? Yeah. He said, get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. You're gone. What is the Independence Party? It's the Libertarian Party, right? Well, so this is that there is no Independence Party in New York State anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Because uh, the last gubernatorial election didn't get enough votes. So it doesn't actually... So you can't do petitions for the Independence Party like you used to do. Oh. So Zeldin tried to like do it anyways... Okay. Basically, and like, like you can you can do what uh, he's a rogue outsider. He can't he's a bad boy who doesn't play by your rules. <laughs> so you can you Ooh. can do independent nominating petitions where you create your own party line. Okay, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I I heard a rumor of that one local elected official was thinking of doing a puck politics line at one point this year. Wow. Okay. Um, what idiot would come up that? <laughs> what brain dead moron? <laughs> Uh, but so, uh, Zelda was just like, I know it's really easy to do. I'll just do the name of a party that already existed. And y- you can't do that. That's, that's not allowed. Uh, geez. So, um, I'd say, cause I remember, uh, like when Jack Quinn, the younger, actually JQ three ran for state assembly at, when his dad was, re- was, uh, retiring, he didn't get the conservative line. Um, so he created the sportsman's rights line. And basically picked up all the conservative votes there. Pretty genius. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it was, it's a much better name for a, a line than puck politics. Oh, that I, there's no debate. <laughs> there's no contest between those two. So yeah, Lee Zeldin. How do you how do you think this affects his chances, Jim? I mean, how are we handicapping him now that he's taken a huge blow to no longer being the independence candidate? I mean, he didn't have a chance anyway. It's just. <laughs> It's so crazy that like, um, you know, I, like I, I just like I love that like he's like saying that he's gonna win Erie County, like like listen like like he's gonna spend like probably like eight million dollars maybe more on this governor's race this year, just to lose. If he spent all of it on Erie County, he still wouldn't win Erie County. It's amazing, right? It's amazing to think about, you know, like because realistically, like there's I think there's sixty three counties in New York State, but like. Like, 11 matter. Like, the rest of them basically don't matter that much. Well, it's just space, right? Right. I've driven across state. 
Yeah. I know how little there is out there. Right, yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, I mean, if you go from, like, you know, like, like Ripley, like the Pennsylvania border, yeah, all the way across in a straight line, like where, like, 86 is. Right. Like At no point do you see anything. It's like, nothing. there's, like, it's... It's jack shit. Yeah. That sounds like Carl country to me, Jim. It, it is Carl country. Bunch of cows. Oh, oh baby, that's Carl country. <laughs> and jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. Carl country. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that area, Jim, because uh, we all... We weren't all there at the same time, unfortunately. We took we took shifts mm-hmm. down at the Cuba base camp this oh, past weekend. Right. But on both my way down and my way back, I took different ways. But I did see plenty of uh, Carl Palladino signs, wouldn't you know it? How how are we feeling? I know you know I know the sign primary is it's fool's gold. It, mm. You get false positives one way or the other from seeing how many signs you can spot on the side of the road to try to gauge an election. However, I gotta say, it's a big country. It's a big Carl country out there. Yeah, I mean, I I I imagine um, that you know Langworthy's probably running running a tighter ship as far as what his calendar is for his campaign, and you know he'll be getting signs out soon. I don't think he even has signs yet, uh, so like it, you know, really is fools. Like, and if you if you pay just attention to signs, you'd be like, "Wow, Mickey Kearns absolutely crushed Melissa Hartman in the in the Democratic primary in Erie County." Um, so, I mean, but I have heard that like there's been some internal polling done, and that like Carl has a higher name ID and has like a double digit lead on Pale Langworthy right now. You know, uh, I think I think Langworthy was expecting to get more. Uh, full-throated endorsements from uh, local electeds and local committees and hasn't been picking them up as much as he would be like to. Um, I mean, he's certainly picking up more than Carl is, but, you know, it's it's not happening as much as he would like, and, and you know, that's not that's not helping. Uh, but I, I would be... I think it's, it's too early to, like, coronate Carl as the winner. Uh, I mean, we still got a month before this election. Let's see where they're at in two weeks. Let's see. Let's see what the Langworthy campaign and how visible they look like in two weeks, or if we can just say, "All right, well, Carl won." Let me pose you the big question, guys. If, if, if former President Donald John Trump were to endorse a candidate in this race, which would it be? That that is very tough. Because, like, Carl was on his executive committee for New York State leadership for his presidential, both his presidential races. But Nick was state Republican chairman and was, you know, probably instrumental in, in helping, you know, working with Caputo to get, like, Chris Collins to be the first member of Congress to endorse Trump for uh, president. So, like, it, I would be surprised if he actually endorsed anyone. I'm sure they both would like it, but I'd be surprised if he endorsed anyone because, like, he he's got these weird loyalty issues, and he actually probably I'm sure feels loyal to both of them. It's probably like you know, like you know, right now Donald Trump is like a five year old saying, "Mommy and Daddy are fighting." Like please, like please stop fighting. Didn't he like do that weird mealy mouthed endorse both candidates thing? Actually, no, he did that thing once where he like did a portmanteau of two candidates' names. <laughs> So I wouldn't be surprised if he said, you know, Nick I, Palladino, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Palworthy, um, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Who's to say we're, we're keeping an eye on it, but uh, it's, it's Jesus. It's already that soon for the primary a month out. 
Yeah, August uh, 23rd, I think, is the, the date for the uh, the state and federal primaries. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I my general feeling is is that Carl's probably the favorite right now in that race. But, you know, Langworthy can certainly mobilize a lot of resources very quickly. Because he hasn't stepped down as chair. He's still state chair. So, like, if any of those fucking, like, bullshit counties down there want any help this year for their races, he's going to be like, look, he's going to put his thumb on the scale. That's true. Speaking of keeping an eye on it, Jim, we keep an eye. We we watch the courts. Mm-hmm. We oh my, we watch them so you don't have to. Do you, do you care about the court of appeals in New York State? You well, you should. Yeah, you should. We do. We got some drama on the. We court got of some appeals. drama on the courts. Now we talked about uh, Chief Judge Janet DeFiori a, a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. During the whole redistricting thing and how she was Republican turned Democrat, appointed by Andrew Cuomo. Well, Andrew <laughs> Cuomo's out, and now she's soon to be out too. Not because of Andrew's demise, but uh, there's some other drama going on. Yeah. So, so she'll she'll be out uh, by the end of August. Mm-hmm. And uh, it bodes well for New York's progressives, right? Right. Should turn the court further left. It, sh- it should. I mean, so it's the New York State of Appeals ha- doesn't have like a, this huge long history of being like very like politically ideological blocked. But recently, um, because of like the Cuomo appointees, um, they have been and they've been like, you know, like even though like they're they've all seven have been appointed by Democrats, but like four were Cuomo appointees. And they're just incredibly conservative mm-hmm. and they just keep doing conservative thing after conservative, like, you know, like stuff like reducing your rights and your abilities to like uh, to sue law enforcement for uh, their encroachment of your rights. And the state was like, no, 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 police officers, you know, you know, boys will be boys, do what you want type of stuff. Um, so but so getting Dave Fiore, who was like a former D.A. in like Westchester County um, and was Republican and switched over like right when like Cuomo won yeah. to the Democrat to just to get this appeals court position. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it should break open the, the court of appeals. Um, and hopefully we can start to see some movement on the progressive side there. A little bit more to this story. DeFiori's resignation came, this is uh, by the way, from the Niagara Gazette came against the backdrop of an ongoing investigation by the state commission on judicial conduct into allegations. She improperly meddled into a disciplinary action brought against Dennis Quirk president of the New York State Court Officers Association. Quirk faced disciplinary charges after he was accused of threatening to paste copies of newspaper clippings on the court buildings about an alleged alleged extramarital affair involving DeFiori. The judge handling the matter, Phyllis Orlikoff? Uh, oh, my gosh. Phyllis Orlikoff Flug. That's a that's rolls a right off the tongue. That's a mouthful. Right, it's a, that sounds like a so, Roald Dahl character. Phyllis, sorry if I butchered your name. I'm not trying it again. Received a letter from D. Fiore urging her to use every means necessary at your disposal, or use every means at your disposal to discipline Quirk. I I always say, you know, the Court of Appeals really should quote Malcolm X more. That's that's what I'm thinking. So, yeah. A lot of drama. More drama for you, by the way. I love the drama. Yeah, more. I'm a messy bitch who loves the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't get enough of it. So, smell you later, Judge DeFiore. And, um, you know, that's going to be a, a sure. Rats off to you. R- yeah. rats, rats off to you. Mm-hmm. And that's sure, hopefully, to be a, um, a, a rare W for the progressive side of the aisle. However, in other news... Um, for the expected L's for our progressive folks, which I would include us. We're talking back home in Buffalo, New York. Lovely, 
lovely Buffalo with a not so lovely redistricting plan by the Buffalo Common Council. We've spent a lot of oxygen, a lot of air talking about the redistricting plan by posed by the city council and how shitty it is. We've talked about there being some major good viable alternatives proposed by of course our friend Rusty Weaver and our city action Buffalo all of which are likely for naught Jim well okay uh, I've talked to people on both sides of this and they both sides are convinced there's gonna be a lawsuit over this who do you think is gonna win this lawsuit? well that's the thing is that both sides are also convinced that they have a slam dunk uh, they're, uh, they're definitely going to win the lawsuit who the fuck knows? Uh, like, I'm sure they're both ref- talking to lawyers. Uh, well, maybe the common council isn't. Uh, but like, you, I, they both feel confident that they are just going to absolutely crush the other side and win the lawsuit. Um, you know, at the the common council, it sounds like their argument is basically like, look, you know, the map isn't that much different than what was the prior map, which you know was deemed okay. So if that map was okay, this nice map must be okay. Which I'm not sure it is. You know totally great uh our city seems to be like you know look clearly their map is gerrymandered ours clearly isn't um and so that you know will prevail um i've seen there have been some people criticizing the our city map online saying like well they're only doing it because they're trying to draw good districts for socialists to win uh first and and before i even got a chance for us to record this rusty already uh like got to the thread on twitter is like People keep saying how easy, like, the Elmwood Allentown district is for a socialist to win. If you actually look at the vote turnout there, (laughs) it is not an easy district for a socialist to win. It is not the most, the leftmost district in the the city and wouldn't be the leftmost. The mayor election went right in. Yeah. And my other argument would be is like, look, they say that, like, look, Rusty was there like 10 or 12 years ago when they did the redistricting. And at that time, he did a map that looks pretty relatively similar to the, the one that our city action Buffalo recommended this year. And if he just had it out for individual members of the common council, well, only three of the nine members of the common council are still there at, at, from the last redistricting time. So who exactly does he have it out for? Like if he's doing these maps and they, they keep showing up and they keep blowing up people's districts, but it's different people every 10 years. Cause it's not the same people. It's clearly not a personal thing. It's clearly because he thinks it's the best thing. And people who are saying, well, they're only doing it because uh, they want to make the, the districts easier for their own candidates are kind of giving away that, like, they would never do anything for altruistic reasons. They would only do anything out of self-interest because they can't fathom that anybody else would do anything for any reason besides self-interest. Um, and so, you know, by the, the way, uh, that's, that's a very American way of thinking. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that and we're recording this Monday. Uh, Common Council announced at like you know twenty after three that they're having their uh, session tomorrow at noon to vote on the redistricting, uh, vote on the maps. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but yes, in New York State you have to give twenty four hour notice when you're having a meeting. That seems like a pretty easy suit for them to lose. That even if they do go ahead and vote for the maps, they're going to have to vote again and give actual notice so people can show up. That wonderful wonderful Buffalo Common Council acting in good faith to make sure that democracy is is properly fought for and, and presented and just makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside, doesn't it? Yeah. Makes you feel good, Rye. I don't know. I feel good. I feel good I about the city. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really feel that good anymore. I, I feel 
I don't feel good either. It sucks. I hope I, you know, honestly, honestly, I really do hope that the common council at least gets some kind of slap on the wrist or some kind of just kind of something like I don't want them to get away with this um, fully. You know, I, I everything about this is reeked from the beginning. It stinks, stinks. I hate it. God, everything they're doing is just like under the like fly by night under the cover of darkness. And God forbid there is some level of citizen engagement and it's just let's shut that shit down as soon as we can. Yeah, I mean, it's the that was my question for most of comic council was like, is your map that you guys have, is it because you think it's it's a good map for the districts that you guys currently represent and you'll be able to represent them, or do you think it's because it's the best map for the city of Buffalo? If you divert, like, if like, it would you vote for this map as well if the law said that none of you are allowed to run for re-election? Would this also be the same map that you drew? I don't see how any of them would say yes. Well, maybe that's not true. Like, again, like I said, like, like Scanlon and like Galambek, like it's almost impossible for their districts to change. And so like, what do they care what the rest of the city looks yeah. like? They don't care. I mean, you watch Scanlon in a council meeting. He surely does not care about what the rest of the city's doing. So, uh, well, sleepy, sleepy Scanlon, sl- sleepy Scanlon, low energy, Chris. Low energy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, rounding out things, gentlemen, we have uh, finally the Jefferson Avenue tops since the uh, white nationalist terrorist attack mm-hmm. of um, a couple months ago. It is finally reopened um, to the public mm-hmm. and they seem to have done a lot of renovations to the space. Um, it seems to be in much better condition than good. Keep it up. It mm-hmm. had previously been in. Uh, thank goodness for the people of that neighborhood that they have a shopping center that they can go back to. Cause it, that, that was before the Jefferson Avenue tops. That was in fact a food desert. Right. And so with that being closed, it was prohibitively difficult. I have to imagine for families in that community to, you know, buy food. Right. I, I just, I, you know, I think the main thing that I think I hope people are, are thinking of taking away is just because like uh, the tops reopened, like doesn't mean like that that community is healed and like we can just oh, move no. on with our lives. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a, a part of our community. It's a, a neighborhood that still needs a lot of support um, yeah. and a lot of understanding. Um, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's easy to see a, a milestone like the tops reopening and be like, all right, well, everything's okay. Clearly, that's not the case, and we, and we have to think about that. Yeah, no, for sure. And actually, one thing that kind of struck out to me, and one thing that I think our, our media sphere, which I guess includes us, we are media adjacent you listen to it we we are a form of media i suppose um but really is the uh the black community not just like the buffalo black community but like the black community nationwide here um coming to support buffalo new york you know obviously whatever you think about dave Chappelle, you know and you're, you're entitled to think whatever you want but him coming to buffalo performing a show um in support of you know the black community here uh, that show with DL Hughley came a couple weeks ago. There, there have been a lot of like I, I feel like it's been very under the radar uh, that there's been a rallying around Buffalo and and supporting the members of our community who are impacted uh, the most <laughs> directly, not the most, the fucking directly. It was a uh, it was a terrorist attack on black people, and so 
supporting that community is is critical and i just think that in in the fucking news just the the swirl in our brains of social media and everything like it all goes so fast <laughs> and yet i do feel that there was very much a, a germane and organic support for that community nationally that i don't think has been recognized enough mm-hmm. by local media uh, which includes us so solidarity to, as always to um you know to our friends and neighbors and yeah that's uh i think that's a wrap on this week guys we got anything before we bring this one home no shit no my, my feet are a little cold. I wish I had some socks around here. Though. Oh, well, you're in luck. Oh. Oh, my. Yeah. Right on top of the box of Fago. Uh, I must have missed the last time. There's a pack of a dozen socks. Thank you, Brian Nowak. For a dozen feet. Uh, just, uh, I know, um, I'm sure all of our uh, politically-minded individuals who listen are aware that uh, campaign finance, J- July 15th filing just came. We're not covering it this week. Well, we're saving that for next week uh, to do a deep dive. So uh, you can expect more uh, follow-up on that. Uh, but if you're interested in just having a quick laugh this week without me annotating everything, go look at Mickey Kearns' filings. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. All right. Until next time.